Today we're going to talk a little bit about a Ukraine update. As you may know, I've been commenting on News Nation, a cable news network, for the last several months, in fact, ever since uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, talking primarily about uh, Ukraine and Russia, but occasionally meandering over to talk about China and Taiwan or, or other military issues. Um, as you may know, television is a very short time frame, and so frequently those news clips uh, are, are cut to just a few seconds. That's unfortunate because uh, viewers really don't get to understand the, the full thoughts that uh, go into some of these questions, answering some of these questions. So today I'm going to run through some of the questions that I was just asked yesterday on, on News Nation. And uh, instead of getting the edited version, I'm going to give you the full version of what I had to say about a topic. So, question. Ukrainian President Zelensky has accused Russian troops of committing war crimes in Kherson. What is your take on that? My response. The atrocities were seen uncovered in Kherson mirror what the Russian troops did in Bukha, or for that matter, what they've done in Syria. I don't believe anyone should be surprised at these actions. When you look at the artillery and air attacks that they've done on schools, hospitals, and cultural institutions, those are clear violations of international law. And responsibility for those violations extends from the lowest-ranking foot soldier who actually commits them to the highest ranks of the Russian military and the Putin government who order them. And the looting, which we've heard described, is also a sign of ill-disciplined, poorly-led, and poorly supplied troops. These actions show that the Russians do not really believe Ukrainians are their little brothers to be liberated, but rather are an enemy to be destroyed. Next question. Uh, President Zelensky called the Donetsk battles hell. What do you take of that? Well, the Donbass regions, uh, Donetsk is one of the two provinces that are that's contained in the Donbass region, uh, which uh, is which borders Russia. It's up in the northeastern part of Ukraine. Uh, the Donbass regions are immediately adjacent to Russia, and thus are more easily supplied with uh, military materiel, uh, such as artillery and tanks, uh, than those in the south near Kherson or those who attacked Kiev from Belarus in the north. Also, the troops in the Donetsk region are likely better trained and equipped than those down in the Kherson region. Um, so certainly, uh, the Ukrainian forces are facing a much tougher battle in Donetsk uh, than they did uh, down in Kherson. Next question. It appears that Russia's retreat from Kherson divides Putin's allies. My response. Well, as the old saying goes, success has many fathers. Failure is an orphan. The Russian governing elite is stuck with this war. You may recall that stage TV drama Putin put on where he queried his cabinet about the need to rescue the Russian-speaking folks of Ukraine from the alleged Nazis running the country. It was clear that there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm for it, especially from Putin's intelligence chief. Yevgeny Prigozhin, 
Putin's so-called sh- chef, who's making a lot of money from the war uh, via the uh, uh, deployment of his Wagner group, which is a group of about 8,000 mercenaries uh, on his payroll that he rents out to the Russian government and uh, other dictators. Um, so Prigozhin and a few other hawks continue to support the war and want even more escalation. You know, those are the ones who are promoting the use of a tactical nuclear weapon. But I suspect the Russian military senior staff, as well as those soldiers on the ground, see what is happening and frankly are ready to end it. And you may note that the Russian middle class and draft age men are voting with their feet and leaving the country in droves. So question, what's Ukraine's next move? Well, if I were commanding the forces in Ukraine, what I would do is uh, thin out the forces uh, in Kherson along the Dnipro River. Uh, The Russians probably aren't able to mount any kind of sustained offensive across that natural geographic barrier. And with real-time intelligence, Ukraine could detect any buildup in Russian forces there and respond to that buildup. I'd then take the forces... uh, that I thinned out of uh, Kherson and move those up to attack in the north and the east, uh, in the north central part of, of Ukraine, uh, uh, Ukraine's eastern border. And what I'd do is drive uh, to the east to seize Mariupol. You may remember Mariupol was uh, the town where the Ukrainians held up for so long in that steel factory. Uh, Mariupol's a port on the Sea of Azov. Uh, and I'd also, um, at the same time, move on Melitopol, uh, which is another important city and transit point between Mariupol and Kherson. And by doing that, uh, you would cut the uh, land bridge from Russia to uh, Crimea, and you would interfere with their ability to supply their troops there. At the same time, I would... Uh, uh, destroy the Crimean bridge. Now, you, you wouldn't attack that with infantry or artillery, but you'd attack that with um, either drones or, or missiles uh, to destroy that bridge that they had previously damaged. When you do that, uh, you'd be cutting the logistics lifelines that the Russians need to keep their forces in Crimea supplied. Um, by, and, you know, war is fought by logistics. If you can't feed fuel and arm your your forces, you, you can't win a war. So by cutting the logistics lifelines, they weaken the Russian military uh, and make it far easier to defeat them uh, in the field. Next question. So what's Russia's next move? You may remember that I suggested several weeks ago that the Russians need to withdraw from Kyrgyzstan as a tactical decision. They had 40,000 or more troops uh, in a very exposed position uh, on the uh, banks of the Dnipro, on the wrong side of the Dnipro River. Uh, And the Dnipro River effectively blocked their supply lines uh, with the uh, artillery attacks and missile attacks that the Ukrainians rained down on those bridges and crossing points. Had the Russians not withdrawn those troops, uh, they would have been captured, which have been an even greater disaster for the Russians. So strategically, the Russians' only hope is to break the Ukrainian supply lines from NATO. Uh, And in order to do that, Western unity has to be fractured and the United States has to be distracted. 
So we can anticipate that they'll try to turn public opinion in the West against continued support for Ukraine. And tactically, they'll continue to attack heavily in the Donbass region. So, question. The U.S. has been promoting uh, a diplomatic solution uh, before winter slows down the forces. What do you take of that? Answer. Well, based on the fact that Russia made an unprovoked attack on Ukraine, I think Ukrainians' peace position is very reasonable. They want five things. They want, number one, an immediate end of the war. Number two, the withdrawal of all Russian troops. Number three, the restoration of Ukrainian territorial integrity. Number four, compensation for the damage caused. And number five, provision of effective guarantees of no more aggression on the part of the Russians. Pretty reasonable position, really. And, you know, this war has been incredibly expensive in terms of casualties, both civilian and military for Ukraine, largely military for Russia. There's been the terrible infrastructure damage to Ukraine and economic damage, not only to the two countries involved, but indeed the entire world. Much of the inflation that we see in gas and food prices is directly attributable to this war. So certainly we all want to see this war end. And Putin could end it tomorrow by declaring victory and pulling his troops home. He won't do that. Next question. Ukrainian president visits Kherson and celebrates the Russian retreat. What do you think of that? Answer. Well, I think it shows a terrific confidence in the Ukrainian military by Zelensky. He's really thumbing his nose at Putin. We haven't seen Putin anywhere near the front and likely won't. Zelensky really is Ukraine's Churchill. Just as Churchill stood strong and led Great Britain through its darkest hours during World War II, when all looked lost, so Zelensky has done in this war. The Russians have attempted to assassinate him many times, and I'm concerned about the possibility of them at some point succeeding. It would be a terrible loss to Ukraine of a charismatic and unifying leader. But it's taking these kinds of risks that show what a courageous leader he is. What about the missile attacks on Kiev after Zelensky visited Kherson? Well, those missile attacks are simply retribution by Putin for Zelensky, in effect, I mean, his nose at, uh, at Putin. The, the, these missile attacks are not militarily effective. They're not destroying troops. They're not destroying logistics lifelines. They're not blowing up armor. Uh, they're simply terror attacks designed to punish uh, the Ukrainian people uh, for uh, their resistance to the Russian war effort. Um, those missile attacks will continue as long as Putin's is in charge and, and as long as Russia still has missiles to fire. But those missiles aren't going to win the war for Russia. Question. The United States has spent $19 billion so far. How much more will we spend? Well, I wish I could give that question to my grandmother, who was born in 1895 and who sent five sons and five sons-in-law to World War II. She'd say whatever it costs to spend, we should spend it to defeat bullies before we have to send our sons to fight the war. So far, this war has been 
confined to Ukraine and to Russia, although there's been economic spillover to the rest of the world. But we're spending money and we're sending arms to Ukraine. Our soldiers aren't dying there. And I think that we need to spend whatever money we need to spend in order to defeat Putin. We cannot have Putin reestablish the Soviet Union, which is his goal, and re-enter a Cold War or worse yet, a hot war. Thanks for listening today. This is Bill Inyard with Reflections from the River. You can email me at bill at billinyard.com. That's B-I-L-L at B-I-L-L-E-N-Y-A-R-T dot com. <laughs>